The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome, I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. And our episode today is going to be a live uh, Dear April Q&A session, kind of like Dear Abby. So before I start with the questions, and you're still welcome to call in live, the number is 888-346-9141. Since I won't be looking at my emails during the segment, make sure you call 888-346-9141 to get your questions answers. And I believe that life is about seeking solutions and answers to your problems and life's challenges. So make sure you guys get on here and get some advice for your questions. So I want to say hello to all of our listeners out there globally. If you guys are listening new in other regions and countries, hello, welcome, thank you for listening. And I want to ask you guys, have you ever felt alone trying to conquer life's challenges? I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity, that they are not alone, and that there is hope. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball and you can still experience joy. And since we're doing a Q&A session today, I'll dive a little bit deeper into the formula of the four steps that I mentioned here on the show to create your personalized roadmap and blueprint to rise above life's challenges. And the first is to recognize the rubble that are barriers and roadblocks to your success, fulfillment, joy, happiness, fulfillment, and healing. And they could be your thoughts, your perceptions, your negative experiences. It could be fear. And moving on to the second step is responding by creating a recovery plan. Again, this goes back to your blueprint and roadmap to break through those barriers. And the third step is to reevaluate the plan as you rebuild. We all know that even the best plans have hiccups along the way. So this is your opportunity to reevaluate and recalibrate your plan. And the fourth is to rebalance. Rebalance the relationships that bring meaning and value to your life. You can have all the power positions and possessions in life, but at the end of the day, it's all about the relationships and I ask you know I always encourage you guys to ask yourself the same question who do I bring meaning and value to and to be able to answer this you have to have a mindset and thought process that is positive and progressive with and about yourself 
So I believe on taking a holistic approach when implementing these four steps, and this will enable you to create a blueprint to find the powerful you that's been hiding beneath the surface as you rise above life's challenges. And that's how you discover who you're truly meant to be. So again, the number to call in is 888-346-9141. And I'll start off with some questions that I receive through email and social media. We'll start off with the easy ones. I, some of the questions are um, pretty complicated, and we'll get into those, but we'll start off with the easy ones. What is or what are your most embarrassing moments? Um, well, if I were to pick two moments, I guess one time... In the corporate world, I was still an engineer at Intel. I was actually um, on a break, and I was working in a building that I wasn't too familiar with um, in a meeting, in a conference all day. So I took a break, ran to the bathroom, and I noticed that I was actually running in the men's bathroom as opposed to the women's bathroom. And luckily, nobody was there. I just took one step into the men's bathroom, noticing that it was a little bit different than than the women's bathroom. I quickly turned around and I noticed one of my coworkers standing there asking me what I was doing there. And I said, oh, I was just at the wrong place. So that was pretty embarrassing. Um, another moment, I guess, uh, would be when I was training for the San Diego Marathon, training with um, the group team and training. And we usually get up pretty early in the morning around 6, 6.30 to meet up to do our, our, you know, put in our mileage for the morning. And I remember one time we were running on a trail in Sacramento and a bird had pooped on me. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing and disgusting. So those are my most embarrassing moments. I don't know if you guys are were looking for something more dramatic than that, but that's all I have. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. Are you going to do the reality show. And I don't know where these questions are coming from. And if um, you guys want to remain anonymous, that's completely fine. When you call in to my sound engineer, Joseph, just indicate so and he'll be able to type in your question and send it to my screen. But some of these, I don't even know where they're coming from. Um, Will I do the reality show? Um, Well, I saw that on social media, I saw that Josh had nominated me for a reality show, but I'm not really sure that's in alignment and congruent with who I am as far as my values and my brand for my business, because I, I think the audience would probably be be bored. You know, I'm not a drama person. You can ask my family and friends and probably even my ex-boyfriend that I typically steer away from drama. I don't like drama. And I know a lot of those reality shows um, tend to focus on just the drama. And I don't, I don't think I really want to position myself to be edited in a way where they can make up a story um, just for drama. Maybe a TV, a TV show, a life show, like more of a documentary of, of, my, of my life, but not a reality show. Interesting you guys asked that. I don't know if it was coming from social media. And what else? Some of the easy questions before we get into the more complicated question. Are you still a widow? Well, I don't have the power or gift of resurrecting somebody from the dead. I don't think you're, once you're a widow, you'll be a widow. <laughs> okay, in all seriousness, I think I know what this person is asking is that 
uh, what my status is. I am happily single. I'm raising my two little kids and focused on my business. And I love being independent. So I know where that um, question is coming from. And what else? Do you believe in soulmates and or twin flames or both? Okay, this could be an episode um, topic or segment by itself. Um, I do believe in soulmates and twin, twin flames. I just don't get caught up in attaching titles or meanings to what is what and who is who. I believe that God created everyone and everything for a purpose and a reason, and he's the only one to know the difference or to delineate who's who and what's what. I think we as human beings try to figure things out so that we can grasp the concept of our spiritual beings um, as well. But I I do believe um, in regards to soulmates, I know people have different definitions that, that they might contradict um, one another. I believe that each person in our path, in our life, uh, we run into them for a certain reason. They cross our path for a certain reason, and it could be our family or friends, business associates, um, whatever the relationship may be, and we are to learn from them and also help them in their learning and expansion process as well as growing um, here in in our lifetime that doesn't mean that you're supposed to get married to your soulmate I don't think because you're you're supposed to teach one another so I know there's a lot of controversy between soulmates and twin flames because a lot of the beliefs in our American culture is that oh we found our soul our soulmates and you know we're supposed to be happily married like in a, in a Disney fairy tale movie and I don't think that's um the case. So I know that's a pretty general, high-level topic, and maybe we'll get into that in a full episode one day. Okay, let's see what else. For those that haven't met or seen you, April, explain what was your reaction to someone who said to you, and this is in quotes, what possible tragedy or adversity have you faced in life to write about because you're still a young spring chicken. <laughs> okay, this person might have been at the meeting that they're, they're quoting. So again, what possible tragedy or adversity have you faced in life to write about because you're still a young spring chicken? What was my reaction to someone when they said that to me? So it's not uncommon, actually, because when people see the smile on my face, they don't realize that it actually came with some heavy and deep scars from wounds, wounds that, you know, have now healed. And so again, it's not uncommon for somebody to say that to me. So I didn't take offense or take it the wrong way. And, you know, for them, for them, they're, they're just meeting me for the first time. And I really get into my story, and I guess I can get into a little bit of story time here um, with you guys since I haven't fully shared every part of my story here on the show. So starting in 2010, I started asking life some tough questions like, why do I feel so unfulfilled even when I reach my version or picture of, 
obtaining the American dream of success. You know, I got my degree. I was working a six-figure corporate career um, at Intel as a senior engineer. I got married, had two beautiful kids, the houses, the cars, traveled all over the world. Why was I still feeling unfulfilled? What is the meaning of my life? What's my purpose? Is there more to life than just all this? Is there a better way of doing, having, and being? So I started asking life these tough questions because in 2010, a spark was ignited within me. On Memorial Day in 2010, my husband and I were actually going on a two-month paid sabbatical just just us and the kids traveling the world. But that morning, something was wrong. My husband had a hard time breathing. He started sweating, buckets and buckets of sweat, literally. So I started to get scared and panic because he was saying his last rites as if he knew he was going to die. So I called 911, and when the paramedics came, it was as if, if I could best describe it, I was standing in a movie because they were moving in slow motion. And when the ambulance um, pulled up to the ER, all I can hear on the intercom was two words, and that was code blue. When I got home, I was faced with a tough question coming from my four- and five-year-old at the time. Mommy, where's daddy? So hearing that question, that spark prompted all of those questions that I was asking life. And if I wanted the truth to the questions that I was seeking and asking, I had to be honest with myself and others because my story actually started before I became a widow and a single parent on that day. Starting at the age of nine, my stepfather raped me, and this lasted for 10 years, resulting in me getting pregnant with his baby and having to give my baby away. I was only 16. My confidence was stripped away from me, my worthiness, my self-esteem, my trust in people. So I was basically living daily in fear. I was consumed by fear, shame, isolation. I felt alone. And I remember watching TV one day and the SWAT teams invaded my mother's home to arrest my stepfather. And that was a day when my life turned around and I created my own life with my late husband. And I didn't realize that at the time I actually developed a systematic process or system to bounce back from all of my setbacks. And what made, what made me realize this is that people around me, whether they knew me or just met me, they started asking me the same question. And it's the most fam- famous question that I still get today is, April, how do you do it all? especially all that you have gone through and still live with such joy. So I I felt that my tragedy in 2010 gave me the reset button on my life to reprioritize what was really important in my life and to really discover the authentic me. I believe that life challenges present us an opportunity to discover who we're truly meant to be by how we rise above life's challenges and that's what I teach you know that's what I teach people today is how to find joy and live your life in a real fulfilling way so with that being said I know it was a little bit of a story time let's go ahead and take our first commercial break and more with your questions 
world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. And today we are doing a Dear April version of Dear Abby doing a live Q&A session. I've got some of your questions that you guys have emailed me and through social media. Again, you can still call in live at 888-346-9141. You can pose your question online through my sound engineer or join me online. You know, don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. I've got some questions and I'm going to try to sort them and put them in order. We've got some heavy topics with abusive relationships, the ripple effects of abuse. Um, Let's go with this one and we'll segue into um, the abuse topics. What type of thoughts did you have during your tragedies and how did it allow you to triumph over those tragedies? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, I wish I could share with you guys this picture. If you guys go to myjoyagain.com, I'm going to send you guys the um, PDF version of the number one bestseller, You're Not Alone. And on page 23, I have an illustration of a silhouette there that I'm going to share. Um, Just before the break, I shared a little bit more about my story and threads of adversity from loss, loneliness, and abuse. And what I had faced, what would cause you know any normal person would feel which is hopelessness anger feeling alone and yes I must admit even having suicidal thoughts and in this picture I can go to myjoyagain.com and I'll make sure you guys get the free um, ebook that illustrates this picture I call it the real 
before me picture. Basically, I illustrate as my mind, body, and soul was being compromised because it was driven by my emotions, thoughts, deprivation, and stress. I was holding on to a lot of anger and fear, shying away and denying depression, carrying resentment, and feeling a lot of doubt and anxiety. Um, going back to the some of the examples I illustrated in here um, with suicidal thoughts, I remember driving to work one day, and this was still during my internship at Intel, and I wondered if it would just be easier to drive off the cliff. I was driving to work, the exit there um, in Folsom was a Prairie, Prairie City Road exit, but something you know, pulled me the other direction as I was having those thoughts. I basically just held on to my dreams and knew that those dreams were promised to me and I just believed. Um, but again, I was never immune to having those negative thoughts that what any normal person would feel going through the situations that I had to endure. And speaking of fear, I constantly lived in fear because anything would basically set off my stepfather into other forms of abuse. It could be mental, emotional, physical, not just sexual. I remember carrying such a heavy burden on my shoulders when I was only nine years old that he threatened me that he would hurt my mother if I were to ever tell anybody about his misconduct and also um, to add on to that fear when my stepfather was finally put in jail he managed to put a death threat on me even though I had a, a restraining order on him and I had to get my husband who was my boyfriend at the time and a friend Steve to actually escort me back and forth to summer school because the class that I was taking at night the parking situation wasn't, you know, so safe. So if you could imagine yourself being in such fear, you know, living in such fear, even though your predator predator was already locked up in prison, you had a restraining order and you still, you know, couldn't even walk to your own car because you're consumed by that fear. And as far as some of my thoughts and emotions with grieving and loneliness, just like what any normal person would feel. I went through the cycles of grief when I became a widow. At one point, I was still in denial. Denial is the first stage, the five cycles of grief. Um, remember when I shared my story with you guys, my husband and I were actually getting ready for a two-month paid sabbatical to travel. So here I was thinking that I could still go on the trips that we already booked instead of attending to all the details of the funeral arrangements that just shows you how much in denial I was and I was actually angry at one point that's another stage in the five cycles of grief is being angry I recall one evening my sister Erica was watching my two little kids as my other sister Kelly and I went to the gym to work out and I just um, out loud said at the gym to her I turned around as we were working out and I said to Kelly and I asked her why do all the unhealthy people get to live while my husband was still young, fit, and lived a healthy lifestyle? And how come he has to die? And I really said it in a real angry and meaning, meaningful way that she was so shocked. She didn't know what to say I, other than, you know, do you think it's time to go home? I think that's all I remembered from that conversation. Poor Kelly. <laughs> and 
with grieving, sometimes it's not the actual event of the loss that triggers the pain, but the aftershocks, like an earthquake that causes more damage. One evening, my family found me on the floor of my room crying so loudly and shaking with, um, I think I had a bunch of clothes scattered throughout the floor because I was asked by the funeral home director to assemble the clothes for my husband's body for the upcoming viewing. Now, how how does anyone prepare you for this, right? It's more of the aftershocks that come later that re-triggers the pain. And I felt so alone even when I had people around me. Like the first time I went back to work, I was still working in the corporate world before I became an author, speaker, and a motivational coach. I went back to work. Um, I had such a tough time with even the simple things like going down to the cafe for a coffee break because that was the daily routine that my husband and I shared and, you know, that's what I was used to. And I'm sure that any of my coworkers would have accepted the invitation of taking a break with me, but it just didn't feel the same. So those were some of the thoughts Um, that I had during my tragedies and how I think you guys are asking how how was I able to triumph over those tragedies was one really recognizing where I was mentally emotionally and and physically okay hopefully that answered your question to our listener out there let me see what else is next And Joseph will let me know once we have a caller live. Okay, you've experienced a lot of trauma in your life, but you've managed to come out of it with a positive message. What is your secret and how can others do the same thing you do because you're so different? They might react that they can't do the same thing you do because you're so special okay i think i know who this person is they just want to remain anonymous in that they feel like sometimes um people have a hard time relating to my situations because it's so extreme and they feel like they can't do what i do and for some reason it's it's just a special unique situation and and rightfully so i do believe that each of us are unique You know, we are unique in our own um, way, but, you know, we can still learn from each other. I'm I'm the first one to say that I'm not perfect by any means, but I can say that I've come a long way and that's what I show others to do. And by developing the step-by-step approach that I shared with you in the four step, honestly, it really takes several sessions of coaching to get people past the event of a trauma But essentially what we're doing is focusing on their true self as opposed to the trauma. So going through the coaching process allows people to discover who they're truly meant to be instead of letting their setback or circumstance define them. Okay, this also goes into coaching. What is your unique way of coaching or mentoring people using your your four steps? Well, There are a lot of resources out there from counselors to psychologists and things like that. And what I do that's different is that I'm very specific in helping people overcome 
their challenges, major setbacks, major difficulties in life, such as illness and grief, abuse, to get you to a place to move beyond your setback and really start achieving success in your life. So typically, I'm not the one to to go to if you just want to talk about your parents necessarily. I'm using that figuratively. And I'm really the one to come to if you're really ready to find your place of strength and healing and create a better future for yourself. And what I've learned from others or have heard from others is that I'm really able to connect with them. They feel more comfortable in revealing the details of their emotions and experiences that normally and typically they wouldn't share with their own therapist, counselor, or even family and friends. And I think people just want to talk to somebody who has gone through the same path that they are on. Okay, we're going to go to our next commercial break, and I'm going to take more of your questions, and we're going to jump right into some of the abuse um, topics, such as, let me find them here, what are the signs and symptoms of an abusive relationship, and what can we do Um, once we recognize it. So more with your Q&A sessions here with my version of Dear April, like Dear Abby, when we come back from break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges, or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into you are not alone to reach april j ford or her guest on today's program you may call in to 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges Welcome back. Today we are doing a Q&A session and we're going to dive into some 
um, heavier topics in this segment from our audience. And let's see if I can put some of this together. What are the warning signs of an abusive relationship? Part one and part two is how do we see these warning signs in friends and approach them without seeming um, intrusive? Okay, that's a pretty lengthy um, question. So one of the big warning signs is that the abuser creates an environment of fear and they do this by isolating the victim from their friends and family. So if you have a loved one that's been disconnected or withdrawn from you and that their spouse or partner is just always getting in the way of communicating or interacting with, with your friend or loved one, that could be a big red flag and a warning signs. Uh, other warning signs could be physical signs of harm or abuse or even verbal or emotional threats and manipulation to control the um, victim. And I want to um, post a thought out there to all of our audience to really expand your awareness and thought process and perceptions when you hear the word somebody and the, the caller asking about this abusive relationship or domestic violence that we should really pay attention and be aware of these signs because it's actually a bigger issue that creates a ripple effect or impact on on other people, not just on the victim. Again, going back to my story and when I shared in the previous segment, my mother was a victim of domestic violence and I was that little nine-year-old girl in the household who was affected by it. So as you can see, the ripple effect that it had and the impact of the domino effect mentally, emotionally, physically, and even um, sexually. So to answer the second part of the question is, I have a suggestion that at first I know people are going to challenge me or even fight me on, but hear me out, you guys, before you turn off the radio on this. The caller asks, how do we approach them without seeming nosy or even intrusive? So I've been in the media um, for the past few weeks speaking about this topic. Again, people are challenging me or fighting me on this, but hear me out because I have reasons for saying this. So instead of immediately demonizing the perpetrator and just empathizing with the victim, I actually suggest that you befriend both parties. I didn't say be friends. I said befriend both parties because you never know what the abuser or perpetrator is going through. You know, there's some complex situations going on and it's not always black and white. One of them could be mental illness like PTSD or somebody could be having a... Uh, a reaction to a medication and they're just having psychological episodes, you know, all of that could be treated. So seeing things just as black and white where you demonize one side and you rescue the other is an old approach in the real world. Things are much more complicated and complex than that. I'm not justifying any of the actions by any means of those elements, but if we're really honestly, truly here to break the cycle and silence of abuse, it's the abusers that are that are the ones that really need help. So it's a good strategy if you have a friend or a family member, somebody you care about who's showing signs of abuse that we talked about, befriend both parties because you're more likely to help um, both parties with your trust. You know, if you're coming in there posing as a threat or a challenge to their safety, and I'm speaking to about the the abuser, you're less likely to get them 
help. So again, approach both in a loving and genuine, gentle, non-judgmental manner. And it could be a simple um, coffee conversation, you know, and, and maybe that could uncover something else. You know, maybe your family member or friend is not going through um, an abuse and it could be something else such as feeling withdrawn or alone because they're dealing with depression or grief. So you never know. So just take the approach and strategy of having a simple coffee conversation and reaching out, letting them know that you're there to listen. Okay, we have a follow-up question, and this is anonymous. What's the, let me pull it up here, what's the next step they're asking? You say to befriend the perpetrator, and I understand the purpose of this because they, the abusers are the real ones that need help, but what's the next step after this? If you make attempts to befriend the perpetrator and he starts doing abusive things to your friend again, what are you supposed to do? And it almost seems like it's accepting the lifestyle of abuse as normal. Where does your loyalty lie? Sure, the abuser needs help too, but he is not the one that is your friend. Okay, I think this person wants to remain anonymous, so I won't read off um, their name. Again, reach out. When you're reaching out in a loving, genuine, gentle manner, non-judgmental, we have to detach our emotions to the circumstance. I know that's hard to do because we don't want to see our loved ones um, being hurt. And the reality is when the victim is really ready for help, they're going to reach out for help. Your authority and position is to let them know who that person is, letting them know that you are the one that they can call on, you know, 24 hours a day, no matter what, without judgment, they're going to know that they can always rely on you without judgment. And that's how you build um, trust um, with the the victim. And if you guys don't believe me on this, you can go to Google and Google the word Stockholm Syndrome. Um, if the victim is not ready to receive help, I know we want to go in there and rescue them, but all you're really essentially going to do is create havoc and distress between your relationship and your friend and loved one. And essence, it's just going to come back around and they're going to go back to the land of familiar. And that's called the Stockholm um, syndrome. So you want to get to the root of the issue of the abuser of getting them help. And of course, also, Yes, your loyalty lies where the safety of your friend and family and not just treating the symptom of rescuing the um, victim. And I think that ties into the following question. Um, What should we do if our friend is in a dangerous situation like this? You know, don't feel like you have to be the expert all the time or the authority. Reach out for help. Of course, if it's life-threatening, by all means, call 911. If it's something that you see, you know, yourself working with an organization such as my nonprofit, Joy's Gift, you can go to joycegift.org and we can reach out within our own resources and services to assess, assist in that particular um, unique situation. So hopefully that answers your questions. So again, this still ties in. I guess this is a very big topic we might as well stay on this vein for a little bit. Um, 
Why do you think people stay in unhealthy, abusive relationships? Well, first, it it's never okay to put the blame on the victim. I'm all about empowering the victim to break the patterns that can be or are being repeated. And each situation is different. But there are common things to look out for, and I call them anchors. These anchors could be financial dependency in their partner, could be a reason why they're staying in the unhealthy relationship. Other reasons could be past emotional hurts that the victim hasn't gone through the necessary um, healing um, process. And also, you know, there could be some mental illnesses or imbalances that are going on um, with that person. Or maybe the person doesn't have a reference point on what a healthy relationship or what love really looks like based on the conditions that they were raised and and taught. So I know that's very general, but those are some of the common anchors, you know, people outside of the environment of abuse. It's almost like, well, why would they do that? Why would they stay or go back? And it's never a rational thing for us to um, accept, you know, when we're in that programming or fear, being in that environment, you're not really thinking rationally um, as our friends and family do who's viewing the circumstance externally. How do you break the cycle of abuse and silence? Um, I personally believe that silence is a form of complacency. So if you're witnessing a family or friend being victimized, the first step is to break the silence. Going back to the coffee conversation of befriending both parties. And I'll tell you guys a quick story, another quick story of a friend of mine, Jim. I believe I had Jim on a previous episode. You guys can look it up on the replays. Um, What was the name of that episode? It's not too late. Suffering in Silence, It's Never Too Late, Suffering in Silence, something like that, or just Google, or not Google, go to the You're Not Alone page on voiceamerica.com and look up Jim Fitzpatrick as one of my guests, Suffering in Silence, I think that was the name of the episode. Jim actually lost his sister, his niece, and brother all in one day in a murder-suicide murder with his, um, when his sister's abusive husband killed them all and himself. So that was a murder-suicide. In retrospect, Jim now recognizes all the signs that we've been talking about here and how they never approach his brother-in-law who had um, mental illness. So again, it goes back to, you know, befriending um, both parties and really peeling the layers on the onion to really get to the root cause of the situation. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take our commercial break and I'm going to address a couple more questions. What are the ripple effect or, um, with abuse and a couple other uh, questions that are coming in. Already more with your questions. I'll try to answer uh, more with the abuse topic. It seems like it, it's one of the important ones that are coming in. Okay, Joseph, we'll go ahead and take our our break. And when we come back, more with your questions.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. We've been doing a Q&A session here. This is the version of Dear April with your questions, and hopefully I've been answering them. If I can't answer your questions, I will promise I will get back to you and find an answer. And if we don't have enough time to address all of them, I will um, email you guys back, or maybe we'll do a part two of this um, episode and answer more of your questions. So prior to the ba- to the break, we had a lot of questions come in as um, in regards to abuse, what are the warning signs of an abusive relationship? Um, what else did we talk about? What should you do if your friend is in a dangerous situation? Why do you think people stay in unhealthy, abusive relationships? How do we break the cycle and silence of abuse? Again, I, I, you know, I posed a lot of suggestions on there. I know people are going to challenge me or fight me when I take their approach of befriending both sides and both parties, but I honestly believe that's a new approach. The old way does not work where you just demonize one side and you rescue the other because what's going to happen? You're, the cycle is just going to continue. So if we're essentially honestly here to break the cycle and silence of abuse, we have to address the root of the issue and not just the symptoms. So I think we have... One more question that it relates to abuse, and we've got other um, topics as well. What are the ripple effects of abuse? Um, this is a serious problem. Yes, it is a serious problem. If we look at this from three platforms or vantage points, I like to view it as a health concern um, would be one, internal to being in the environment of abuse, and then external, and it creates a ripple effect on all those 
um, platform. Basically, the ripple effect of abuse concerning health can breed unhealthy habits of alcohol. It can lead into drugs, and it can further lead into suicidal thoughts, chronic depression, and loneliness, loneliness, and the list goes um, on and on. And as far as being internal and external to the environments, as I shared my story of my mother being a victim of domestic violence and how that had a ripple effect on me, um, how it translated to being a survivor of childhood sexual um, abuse. And if you're looking at this from an external vantage point with the ripple effects, you know, all it takes is one ripple to do your part and you can do your part by breaking the silence of abuse and the cycle of abuse. Again, that's extending a helping hand to be the voice for those still suffering in silence. Get plugged into a local organization that support these causes and get in touch um, with me personally at myjoyagain.com or the nonprofit choicegift.org. And for any victims out there who are still in their situation, I really want to empower and encourage you to take one small step to take action to turn your life around. It's never too late. If you haven't done anything in the past, maybe because you were frozen in your fear or you felt guilty or shame of not speaking up about it in the past, you know, you still have a chance now to take action so get in touch with me at myjoyagain.com or joysgith.org so we can help you um, overcome your adv- adversity and create a blueprint um, to move forward beyond your circumstance. Okay, hopefully that addressed all of the questions with that topic and relating to um, abuse, I think it is. And moving on to another topic Uh, Let's see, I'm finding it hard to say no. I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Well, we have a few episodes that we did here on You're Not Alone, Um, the alpha mom syndrome, and also of women being, doing, and having it all. You know, you really have to have realistic boundaries and expectations and learn how to ask for help. Again, being realistic and recognize why you say yes to everything and why you're having a hard t- hard time saying no. You know, do a self-check. Are you really seeking for approval of others? Are you wanting to be accepted or connected um, with a certain group who's asking, you know, for your help or request for something? Are you doing it to prove a point because you're, you're very competitive? Maybe that's the alpha mom um, syndrome. I know these aren't pretty questions to ask yourself, but um, it's the first step in recognizing and addressing that will save you a lot of heartache, stress, and overwhelm and basically overcommitting and overextending yourself. And I believe one of my prior guests, Beth Rosen from the Huffington Post and Goodness Gracious Living, I like one of her saying is, um, what did she say? Save your best yes. So check out those um, replays on that episode. Okay, I think I have one last question, maybe two before... We close out. Do you believe in angels? Uh, yes, I do believe in angels. I do believe we are spiritually um, protected and guided. Actually, I'll be doing an 
with I'll be doing an upcoming episode with um, Shane Wall. Shane Wall was a guest on what show was he on recently? Sid Roth. If you guys follow Sid Roth, the Messianic Jew, has a supernatural um, show. Maybe we'll get both of them. Um, in my upcoming episodes, but I know Shane Wall will be with us in the next um, week or so. We'll be speaking about um, angels. Alrighty, everyone. It's been fun um, answering your questions. I apologize if I didn't get to all of them, but keep those questions coming in. You can still send it to the email that I provided online. Contact us at joysofyah.com, J-O-Y-S-O-F-Y-A-H. Dot com to get more of your um, questions answered. Alrighty, everyone, I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You're Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. And make sure you go to my new website, My Joy Again. Again, I guess that's a new website, My Joy Again. I'm still trying to get used to it to receive your free weekly words of joy and your downloadable copy of the bestseller, You Are Not Alone. And I'll see you guys next week. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.